Welcome to Retro Fanfic Retrospective, the podcast where we dredge up old fanfiction and expose it to the cold, harsh light of 2019. Oh. Yes, I had to change the opening. This is going to be our first episode in the new year. Wait, but it's 2018 now. Yes. Not, are you talking about? I mean, obviously, this release date is January something, so it's 2019. Are we in the future? Technically. Do, are we, do we have to go back to the... No, never <laughs> no, mind. No, that was last that episode. That was last episode. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're breaking the illusion that we record live, which is what everybody assumes, I'm sure. That's yeah. what I assumed. Every podcast just pipe directly live into your ears every time. <laughs> People are just waiting around, waiting for you to hit that play button. <laughs> <laughs> it's a full-time job. Yeah. In any case, my name is Amato, and with me are... Tori. And Dom. And we've got another special guest tonight. Ooh. Hi, I'm Daisy. <laughs> uh, sorry, it's Tarin. Hi. The often mentioned Tarin. <laughs> yes, at least occasionally mentioned. That's true. Our, our listeners, I guess, have been introduced to the concept of Tarin. Yeah, our listeners who definitely listen to every episode in, in order. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Thus I feed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and let me get this out of the way to begin with. Our fanfic this week is Pokemon Master by Ace Sanchez, AC on fanfiction.net. The link to it is bit.ly slash rfrmaster. We'll talk about that link a little bit more in a moment. But this is a fanfic that I wanted to do because it was very well known at the time. And I was waiting to do it until we could have Tarin here to do it with us. I wanted you with us specifically. It's sort of, it's not my baby, but it's the inspiration (laughs) for a 14-year-old's baby. I'll have to explain that later. Never yeah, mind. let's let's rephrase that a little bit later. <laughs> we can rephrase that. Please. <laughs> we, maybe we could have Taran introduce, like, his qualifications. Absolutely. Yeah, Taran, what's your relation to Pokemon and or fan fiction? <laughs> well, let's see. I kind of dived into Pokemon straight out of OPB. That's Oregon Public Broadcasting. So hmm? my parents allowed us to watch the WB, which had this new thing called anime but it was specifically pokemon and i think monster rancher which mm. might have been a thing i don't know great show i loved that show People i think that's it. contemporary yeah um but yeah they kind of led up um in my preteens, and then i got to watch something that i thought was super cool called pokemon um let's see i was obsessed with it i think uh first i was obsessed with the japanese playing cards because I don't know if we just did, we went to a Wajamaya, yeah. which is a yeah Japanese store, um, and that's what they had. I don't know if there were English cards at the time, but I got this Flareon, it was super sweet. Um, then we started watching the show, and eventually I started to make my own fan fiction based on the show after I found out randomly on an, in an early Google search that you could make fiction based on other things. So I was sort of copycatting a bunch of fan fiction of that, at that time. I think I made like, wrote like 140 pages of fan fiction. Wow. I don't know what, you know, font or size of font. How many bits is that? I don't know. <laughs> I usually go by word count, honestly. How many Pikachus is that? One really badass one, I think. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, and this particular fanfic that we're going to discuss was probably the major impetus for me to start my fanfiction journey, which lasted like a year. Um, and <laughs> but you were highly productive during that year. Yeah, 
Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I was a big Ash and Misty shipper. Which, yeah, weren't we all? Yeah. No. Mm. Really? I was a Bulbasaur, period. <laughs> that was you it. were just a Bulbasaur. I was a Bulbasaur, yeah. That's fair. I think I was a Squirtle. Might still be. I just pulled it up, Tarin, and all that fanfiction.net says is that it's over 100,000 words. Wait, what is? Uh, your fanfic. Oh, <laughs> Um, Wait, so it, question. I don't know why it's not exact. Usually fanfiction.net gives me an exact number. No, but better question. Yes. Why are we not reading Tarin's fanfiction? <laughs> Let's, yeah. We I, so I have been cruel enough to Tarin's fanfiction <laughs> because when I found out about it, like a little jerk teenager, that's what I chose to start off my MSTing career, which I've also mentioned a few times. I wrote MSTings of anime-based fanfics, and I did Tarin's even though... Really, it didn't deserve it. No. It was it was wow. super hilarious, though. Harsh. I think, I think at that no, point... No, wait, I say it didn't deserve it because it wasn't oh. bad. Oh, I see. <laughs> it didn't deserve that ridicule. It, it was, was terrible. terrible ridicule. Not okay. that it didn't deserve attention. <laughs> I see, I see. I understand now. Yes, your fanfic was considerably long and, um, and I they, relatively popular. I think it was unfinished, wasn't it? I think... Oh, it oh was, yeah. It was unfinished. Very unfinished. I think it was only the... The biggest one I put on there. I also did a couple of song fix mm-hmm. and other things, but I, I doubt they were preserved by whoever keeps uploading my fic. Maybe <laughs> it's just the one time. I it's just the one time. The, the one person who re-uploaded your fanfic just still has it up on fanfiction.net. Um, and it's up to you, Tarn, whether you want to name <laughs> names of fanfiction here. We're oh, not yeah. going to pressure you. Oh, yeah? What Legends Are Made Of, yes. which I thought was a cool title, I think, because... At the time, I imagined Misty smacking things with a mallet, and the acronym is WLAMO. So yes. I, I, I was expecting <laughs> well, to have Misty smack a lot of things with mallets, I guess. That's so, very layered. Because <laughs> I was yeah. going to say, what legends are made of just sounds like a decent Pokemon title. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I do stand by my mockery of the title, actually. because I mean, it's <laughs> pretty at, silly, but... No, no, you just don't know the whole story, Oh, you. okay. It's not called What Legends Are Made Of. (laughs) It's called Alternate Reality Story 1, What Legends Are Made Of, Saga 1, The Legend Begins. Chapter (laughs) 1 is where it all began. (laughs) Oh, that's a great title. That's not at all long or convoluted or redundant. Very nice to young me. In fact, Tariot, I'm going to ask you for the rights to that title for a first published novel. It's a good title because if you ever want to know where it began... Or where it began, or where it began, then you, you've got it covered. And if you want to write more altered reality how the stories. legends were made. Yeah, which legends and how. And the beginning of those legends. It's like that segment of Mr. Rogers where they show you how like saxophones were made. This is how the legends are made. I, I, <laughs> this was going to be a quick saga, apparently. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm really not here to make fun of your fanfic, Tarn. I'm here to make fun of Ace Sanchez's. Uh, so we can get off Let's of this topic. We can totally do a follow-up if my fanfic is... <laughs> popular enough <laughs> i mean it, it was it got like 84 faves is pretty decent that was the re-upload too it wasn't even the original one so huh. you write it when you were like 13 yeah. yeah but either way i think it's fair to do this one first because it feels like this one inspired yours. yeah and yeah. this writer also yeah. sounds like they might be 13 so yeah well actually before we jump into the content itself about eight years after he finished writing it the author did post kind of a like commentary at faq um and it's not all very illuminating, but the age was 17 or 18. Mm. Uh, oh, going, really? th- going through uni, he says, with no income, so must have been in college a little bit early, had lots mm. of free time, no idea what to do with their life, they said. And 
I found myself with lots of free time and being an anime fan who also liked reading and not having much access to anime, I thought I would join the FFML, the fan fiction mailing list, which is another of those yeah. big communities that I just, I, I felt like I was forgetting it other than fan rec fiction, arts, anime FML. creative. Yeah, FFML. Yeah. He decided he would join it and make up my own content. The rest, as they say, is history. And just to throw this out there, he immediately follows up by saying it was also a dark part of his life. His little brother was diagnosed with leukemia mm. and, you know, recovered initially, and then it came back and, like, they died. And oh, wow. So that's a little bit of background. But he doesn't connect it in his comments to the content of the fanfic. Mm. He connects it to... Going through this, it made me realize that life is a fickle thing and one should not waste their time with worries about whether you should do this or that. Just think to yourself, what is the worst that can happen? Will you regret not trying? Just do it. Yeah. And if I can say, you know, a favorable thing going into this, it's definitely the work of someone who, like, is having fun doing what they're doing. Oh, and not worrying about, yeah. not worrying about like, the critics or yeah. whether they should be doing it. It's also, like, a very good point about a lot of people that, that want to be um, creators. Mm-hmm. Like people that want to be creators and are especially kind of, I, I don't want to say intelligent, but like maybe insightful are also really good critics. Mm-hmm. So they'll be very harsh on their own works because they'll make something and they'll see it as a critic and see it for the low quality that it is. But the thing is, you can't get better at it, something until you turn out some low well, quality yeah. shit. <laughs> We're all our own worst critic too. I think it's really hard to see your own stuff as being good as well. So I do always have admiration for people who are willing to just put this out there especially since it seems like for this author he was going he i guess he i don't know i, they, I mean they i were think going so through, but uh, we can go with they. they they were going through you know something very dark and exploring it seems like a lot of topics of death which was prevalent in their life so like despite a lot of stuff in this you can give them props for that yes yeah i imagine that at least me, if I had known that like a lot of people had read my would read my fanfic, I never would have posted it. <laughs> the idea is like to appeal to a very specific community, or at least it was back then. I don't know what it's hmm. like now. Pokemon fanfic community? I don't know either. I imagine it's like podcasting. You you put it out there and don't imagine anybody's gonna listen to it. <laughs> yeah, and you're always a little bit embarrassed when you realize someone actually did listen to you and yeah. see what you wrote. Well, you heard in, in front of like tens of people. Yeah, I know. <laughs> when we get fan emails and it's like, oh, you're a real person and you listened to what I said. I don't know how I feel about that. that seems rude, kind of. I know. Like, what are they doing? Get off the internet. Go play with your kids. Relatedly, it is nice as a change of pace to actually have someone who's a fanfic author. Yeah. Or it was. <laughs> Unlike the rest of us who, like, we really can't yeah. say it. I mean, Amato, you just mainly criticized fan fiction. I did. And yeah. I mean, there was fan fiction involved as well in terms of my crappy characterizations of the characters and such. But, like, basically I, like I was just sitting back being smug and ridiculing other people, which is not the same deal as, like, putting yourself out there. No, yeah, I think we've already <laughs> accepted the fact that these fan fiction authors have way more emotional vulnerability than you could ever have. Yeah. I've accepted my inferiority. (laughs) Now, to go into the fanfic itself, I like to start from Square Zero, which is the website. Hmm. Our link points you to a Wayback Machine copy of the original website. And I think even though most of it is posted on fanfiction.net, you've got to go to the website. That's part of the experience. I'm going to be honest with you. This website, like, look at it. It's <laughs> for the like a late '90s website. It kind of looks amazing. Like, I remember so it looked very cool. Yeah. 
I mean, it's got quizzes on the bottom or like polls. Yeah. This takes me back to like the best websites. Like back when the idea of a website was enchanting. Mm-hmm. Like I used to go to the Sailor Moon website all the time. That was just like you could just get little graphics for your own web page from it. But like just clicking through the links and like seeing all the sets of images is so amazing at the time. But but also like this specific website doesn't oh, yeah, go like overboard with like yeah. little animated pixels and stuff. Yeah. In mm-hmm. fact, there's no animated content no, it's here, very is there? Clean. Well, this is a static PDF of the website. Uh, but I think the lightning might have moved. I can't remember. Well, so it's black. Mm-hmm. They've got Pokemon Master up there in a cool, like, archaic-looking font. Uh, Diablo font. Oh, it's the Diablo font. Yeah. Of course it's the Diablo <laughs> font. With those crosses through the O's. Crosses through the O's. Um, there's pictures of Ash and Pikachu, and Ash is Veroni Kenshin. With <laughs> and edited. Yeah, edited to have black hair. Orange. It's just incredible, and I just gotta say. It's pretty great. And each little chapter has its own accompanying image, most of which, like, af- from episode four on, they seem to mostly be, like, pulled from Pokemon. But the first three are... Oh, okay, the first one is a pitch black Pikachu. The second one, it's definitely Naoko Takeuchi, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I can't identify what picture it is. Is, it that a, is that a barrel? It looks like it must oh, be a no, barrel. Oh, no, 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 no. That's, um, excuse me, I'm not talking into the mic because I stood <laughs> up to look at the picture. That is, I believe, a picture of... Pluto. Oh, you may but be right. With, with different the hair? hair. Well, you can't see the bun in the back because the that's where it's crossed. You can sort of see yeah. it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I believe it's a picture of Sailor Pluto. But the hair has been recolored red, so it's recolored. adult Misty. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> the third picture is absolutely Tenji Muyo. What's her name? Sasami. Sasami. Sashimi. Raw fish girl. But what character is that supposed to be? Is that Duplica? Yes. It must be. That's Duplica. Okay. But that I, seems especially bizarre because Duplica in this is heavily sexualized and Sasami is like 10. I would like well, to, it is Tenshi Muyo. That doesn't stop you from being sexualized. You know, Tenshi Muyo. I would like to shout out, um, it's not on the main page, but the most, at least what struck me at the time, the most famous fan art is by someone named Vaporeon05. Mm-hmm. And I thought it was just the most awesome picture of a grown-up Misty I'd ever I could ever imagine, and it turns out it's just Asuka from Evangelion. Oh my god! Um, Some of these. <laughs> yes, it the looks top like right there. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. Oh, but, okay. well, some work was done with the hair. Some work, yeah. There's yeah. also an Ava picture. Oh, also by all the ones from Vaporeon Zero Five seem to be edited <laughs> Ava pictures. That one might be another Kenshin one there. No, that's yeah, not Ava. That's not Ava, but the other three are. Anyway, anyway, listeners, yeah. as you can <laughs> Let, let's talk about this see visual content from what we're talking about. Yes. Anyway, all right. So the actual content. Um, you know, going into this from the top of the page, that this is a dark future of Pokemon, and it's going to be all Diablo. And indeed, chapter one, we jump right into a village being raided by like horrible marauders from the Pokemon League, and like we. G- there's a few things I I think it's safe to say we're going to be complaining about in this fanfic. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm if ch- I'm not overstepping my bounds, I'm the champion yeah. here. I'm I'm on the side of of the fanfic right now. <laughs> really, okay. because in your notes I can see terrible, comma terrible. <laughs> hey, hey. 
just saying. <laughs> so one of the things is that we start right here on ground zero with the threat and sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's like the first thing that happens. One of many, 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 many. Which is many. why I thought the writer might be pretty young because it just seems like they didn't understand no. how much that actually means to people. I mean, dumb masculine things can yeah. go through any stage of life. I mean, unfortunately. I guess, yeah, well, I guess what I mean is, I guess I can't possibly have the experience of someone who didn't experience that. So, yeah, men. Well, maybe. in no, any it's case. Just, just men. Mm. Yeah, we, we get some description of, like, rampaging Pokemon, and then, like, one of the raiders threatens sexual assault on a young woman. And then, of course, we get... The introduction to who's going to be the star of this fanfic, Ashura. 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 I'm pretty sure it's Ashura. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, his name's Ash, right? Uh, that's an actual yeah. name, though, I think. No, I, of course it is, but... Is it? I remember there was some it's sort of debate... Indian lore thing, I think. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Over whether he was, like... Indian deity. Like, everyone would have their own full name for him, like Ash or Ashton or mm. Ashura. And really, it was Satoshi. <laughs> Satoshi. <laughs> the world will turn to Satoshi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, that was very brilliant in terms of my 11 year old brain. But The world will turn to ash? <laughs> yeah. Yikes. Yeah. I know. This is our introduction to Ash, let's say. Ura. Ashura. <laughs> and I think we need to start before his physical appearance because, like, they're about to have a Tauros, like, knock down the supply. Because they set the tone pretty early about the yeah. destructive nature of this world. Absolutely. Uh, a sudden wet splattering sound sounded from behind them. Turning instantly, they discovered a dead, bleeding scyther still sliding toward them along the dirt ground from the momentum of being thrown, its blood acting as lubricant. It was shockingly mutilated. Somehow both of its own sharp, blade-like arms had been twisted around to fatally impale itself while its serpent-like head hung from its neck by a thin string of red tendon, almost decapitated. Lovely. The mangled green corpse gradually came to a stop before their feet. And we're off running. <laughs> yep. For a short moment, there was silence. Then one of the raiders shouted in anger, My scyther! Whoever did this, I'll kill them! Kill, oh, kill him, of course. Sorry. I, they assume it's male, obviously. Right. From yeah, behind a burning building, a tall figure wrapped in a long black hooded cloak abruptly stepped out into sight. The cloak was flapping sinuously, slightly open in the hot wind, revealing a man's lean but muscular body shrouded in darkness. His face was concealed in the dark, deep shadows of the hooded cowl, leaving only bright golden brown eyes visible. They seemed to glow in the dark, two points of flaring yellow light, which narrowed threateningly. So, very beginning, we get the concept of this fanfic, which is, yeah. what if all that cartoon violence was real violence? Yeah. Extremely real. <laughs> and I have to say, like, as corny as that opening is, I don't think this fanfic was truly, like, destroyed for me in the start until it was like, oh, that's supposed to be Ash? Like, really? I just had to imagine as a new character, the Rironi Kenshin recolor. Yeah. Uh, Tori, it's literally the character's like... character's not like Ash, you know, it's not... I don't know. It's like three three paragraphs later that he gets to say, Pikachu, I choose you. (laughs) I mean, I know. And that's when I realized that was the case. Mm. I'm saying it was very early on. (laughs) Also in that passage is uh, a reference to Ash's lean and muscular body. Yeah. Which is an actual theme. Like pretty much everyone will notice his lean and muscular body, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, He's also tall. 
Right. Like, they make a big point that now, he's tall. Now is the time for me to mention this. Mm-hmm. So in the FAQ, the author very neatly includes their own character notes, uh, a full character list complete with descriptive statistics and everything, straight from their original notes. Part of the notes is where he drew the characters from, mm-hmm. because almost every single character is a one-shot or repeating character from the anime, or based on a trainer from Red and Blue. Very mm-hmm. efficient. But, so, you know, Ash, a.k.a. Ashura, Ashura, that's his name, Ashura. <laughs> but bodybuild slender slash muscular. Mm-hmm. I would just like to read off the bodybuilds of the female characters for a moment. Mm-hmm. Misty, bodybuild, slender slash curvaceous. Mm-hmm. curvaceous. Valdera, bodybuild, slender right. slash curvaceous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Erica, bodybuild, curvaceous. Mm-hmm. Dupli- Duplica, bodybuild, slender slash curvaceous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me go down a bit to more female Is characters. Is there a body type where they don't use the word curvaceous? Yes, Chanel, bodybuild, slender. Wow. Lorelai, uh. bodybuild, slender. Mm. And okay. late So remember, they don't use the words slender or curvaceous. Giselle, bodybuild, curvaceous. Chanel is a child, by the way. Um, now, Aya, <laughs> we've got athletic. Mm-hmm. I don't remember who that is. Oh, that's, that's Koga's, Koga's sister. sister. She gets to be athletic, but it was noticeable. Lara Larame, bodybuild, curvaceous. Sabrina, mm-hmm. bodybuild, slender. Mm-hmm. So I'm just throwing that out there. So I also just wonder, you know, I, yeah. Throw it out there. There's so many things to say, obviously. There's a lot of misogyny. I just wonder what people think when they mean, what what they mean when they say curvaceous. I'm like, do you mean, like, what, what, is that a body type or is it just, like, literal proportions, you know? It's like a ratio of proportions. Like, you could literally be any weight and still be curvaceous, Did they right? say slender curvaceous really in there? Slender slash curvaceous? Yeah, yes. that's the thing. So, so that slender implies and the ratio is curvaceous. Smaller and more curvaceous. Yeah. But then when it's just curvaceous, it's like, I can't keep saying that word. <laughs> it's going to melt my brain. Yeah. I'm done. Here's here's my only argument, <laughs> okay, for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be the, the, as the... Be the advocate, Tyler. Angel's adversary or whatever. Um, <laughs> is... If you think about anime, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. there are often very specific, exaggerated body types. And maybe if you classified those, like, for example, there's the extraordinarily impossibly buff guy, mm-hmm. which I guess Bruno... And yeah, that's how he's described, yeah. Sure. yeah. That's the shonen muscular man, yeah. And it's like, to some extent, their physical characteristics are defined by these exaggerations, like their massive muscles or their incredibly huge chest or something. So maybe there you could find it in your heart to forgive okay. this young person. Well, it's an interesting question. Is, is like, how do you translate exaggerated art style to an entirely sure. word medium? Yeah, that is actually kind of interesting. I don't know if it's a matter of like not forgiving them, per se. It's just... You know, when you criticize it, it's like, yeah, they, you can forgive them, I think, for being ignorant, you know, Mm. like, that's kind of the place where it's like a a slight forgiveness for just not having understanding of the impact of those words and the misogyny of their writing, because Tyron's right, their reference point is the specific thing. Yeah, yeah, but I I just say it in the context of, like Tyron was saying, Pointing out how attractive characters are is a extremely regular, consistent thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So, like, yeah. For, their reference point is, yeah, I something. Think. But then it's also, like, it's hard not to see this as real people when you read it, especially because they're trying to go in such a different direction from the source material. 
it just, I guess, points out the misogyny of the original yeah. body types. Yeah. Now, let's go back to who is actually the coolest, most attractive character, which is Pikachu. I think so far we've made it one paragraph in. Yeah, I know. Yeah, like, <laughs> we've had 500 pages more to go. <laughs> I mean, just want to introduce the... Uh, we're established here, little black Pikachu. It's the same Pikachu. He's just all black now. He's also super powerful, and he gets to murder a whole bunch of folks oh. with a lightning vortex. And they refer to Pikachu with he pronouns, and it's mm-hmm. supposed to it, which they do in the... All Pokemon are it in the anime. Well, that's uh, not all Pokemon. Not all, hashtag not all Pokemon. I'm sorry. <laughs> Wait, they, aren't they all it? Uh, There's they, a Nidoran, Nidorino. But they still use it pronouns, even if they specify gender. Do they? Yes. Even for the ones where the gender is established? Yes. Oh, I mean, you've watched a lot more of the anime than I have, so. I mean, I'm almost You're... 100% sure. In turn of the millennium uh, Pokemon fanfiction, it was most common to refer to Pikachu as she. I'm mm. not sure why exactly. Well, female voice actress, I guess. I guess. Huh. A cute little creature. It's fascinating because I do think people gender Pikachu as like a boy Pokemon more often, but really like there's no indication of what Pikachu might be gendered. But it pronouns are the only pronouns used for Pokemon in the anime as far as I can recall. Hmm. But also this author uses it pronouns for most Pokemon, but uses Hmm. he pronouns for Pikachu Hmm. and I think one other Pokemon that I can't specifically recall, which I thought was interesting. interesting. Just to be clear, for my purposes, Japanese don't have gendered pronouns is that like, there's things you could call gendered pronouns but you don't use them in the same fundamental way mm. as you do in english it, just because in english you need to have a subject of every sentence mm-hmm. and in japanese you absolutely do not need to have a, a subject in every sentence and so you just don't need to use the words that kind of serve that function unless i or you don't need to use them nearly as often mm. yeah just in, structurally in japanese um, you would gender yourself with the way you speak, or you would be gendered by your superior who chooses what suffix to call you, depending on how yeah. they perceive you. Okay. Well, there's, there's kare, there's like kanojo, which get used like gendered su- yeah, uh, but like, pronouns in English. But like, like if you're a man and if you have a woman um, uh, subordinate, you call them kun and stuff. And right, right. It kind of helps you. The, the, that sort of context kind of gives translators an idea of what the character is supposed to be read as. Mm. Mm. Now... Let's get back to the sex and violence. We have got stuck on things that we needed to get off our chests in terms of complaining. <laughs> there may be more, but we also do want to talk about what happens in the story. Yeah. So the sex and violence, obviously not points of complaint, right? Uh, I mean, not intrinsically. <laughs> uh, but yeah, speaking of violence, Ash and Pikachu get to murder a whole bunch of like Pokemon League marauders. And we're also introduced to the concept of a master Pokemon. So there's a name drop pretty early. Yeah. <laughs> as well as the concept of a Pokemon dying. And, and quite gruesomely. Well, so. a lot of Pokemon die, but yeah, this Pokemon Master, it's like a the Pokemon Master of Rock. Its name is Golemdor, right? Mm-hmm. Well, no, you have Pokemon Masters and Master Pokemon. Uh, right. Yeah, it's not the Pokemon. Pokemon. It's the Master Pokemon of Rock. Pokemon Masters are something different. Right. You are correct. Right. So how's the story go? <laughs> okay, so... <laughs> Ash is tracked down by Misty. Mm-hmm. So in this fic, Misty is obviously aged, and Ash and Misty have had some sort of falling out in the past. They're both is, 20 or something? Yes, either 20 or 21. 21, I think. Yeah. Um, and it's left deliberately unclear exactly what the problem that they have with one another 
is for like at least most of the fanfic. Like you you learn by the second chapter that they have they had a romance at one point and it it fell apart somehow. You find out eventually what what that is, but I'll, I'll explain that later, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um a-, a Misty wants to recruit Ash. Ash fought for the Pokemon League, which in this <laughs> fic is the Terra bad, like worst possible force. Like everyone is incredibly sadistic. They're like an empire or something. Yeah, they're like they're like Nazis. Yeah, basically. But they're not yeah. even very much like Nazis because all they really seem to do is like murder and rape and Loot steal and pillage. stuff. Well, yeah. and pillage. Yeah, they don't seem to have the same, like, fascist hierarchical structure. They seem no. more like looters, like pirates, like... Uh, like Russia know. during World War Two. yeah. There are these mm-hmm. broad plans that the leader of the Pokemon League, who is Gary... Um, Lord Garrick. Who's called Lord Garrick, yes. Which is hilarious. And also, Misty has a different name. It's uh, Mysteria. Mysteria. Yeah. Mysteria. Which sounds much more egregious to me than Ashura. I'm not sure why, given that... Misty probably is short for something. Mm. I don't think it is. I think it's just a water name. Okay. <laughs> she wants to recruit him for the rebellion is what it's called. Right. And it's kind of unclear what the geopolitics are. All the major cities were destroyed in something called the Dark Pokemon Wars. <laughs> <Yeah>. Which <laughs> was launched by Giovanni. Yeah. And which, unfortunately, or fortunately, I'm not sure which, is never actually fully explained what happened. Oh, darn. Because I, I was really hoping it would be. I was waiting for some sort of explanation for that. I was waiting for a long time. That was, yeah. like, literally the only thing I was hoping. I, I only made it through chapter It's probably eight, best there wasn't an explanation. <laughs> that's probably God, true. That's the only reason I kept reading. But, but basically, the dark Pokemon wars are when Ash turns from being, like, a normal Pokemon master into the the. Pokemon Master of Shadow, which means he has power over all shadow, which means he can cloak himself invisibly, he can fire bolts of shadowy electricity that kill on impact, all these things. And this is way before the dark type Pokemon. They were trying to introduce it as like the predecessor to the the, although, the shadow type. Although like they also did the um, Pokemon. the other thing that makes the most sense after introducing dark type was also introducing light type along mm-hmm. with that. Right. Which so they don't do in the Pokemon franchise. Well, fairy yeah, might too. be sort yeah, of kinda. lightish. Kind of. Like Maybe they didn't normal. want to too directly rip off this fan fiction. They're obviously inspired <laughs> by so Speaking of light, though, <laughs> mm-hmm. um, it turns out that Misty has a twin sister who was... I missed that episode, I think. <laughs> who, le- who left home and was presumed dead. Or like, maybe she faked her death when she was... Yeah, she faked dead. her death. She was a kid. Early, like, less than ten, because it turns out that Misty... In, actually, in, in this fanfic, Misty is twelve, or, or was twelve when she met Ash. Though, she was twelve. Can, yeah. Canon, canon, it's actually ten. I thought I, Ash was ten and Misty was twelve. I seriously, oh wow, I seriously I, I trust the fan fiction author on this one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> In any case, uh, Valdera, it turns out, Missy's twin has tracked, also tracked Ash, uh, Ashura down. I just want to make a quick, quick little aside. Uh, what's her name? Val? Valdera. Valdera is blonde and Misty is redheaded. I think genetically it's impossible to have twins that's a blonde okay. and one red. <laughs> so, no, they actually bring this up later mm-hmm. in um, chapter eight, which I recently finished because I'm in chapter nine right now. Mm. And that Valdera 
in that chapter is able to use Misty. Like, she has a, a genetic pattern identical to Misty's, that, and that becomes relevant. But they, they talk about it later. I just want to mention genetically, yeah. I don't think that's possible. <laughs> but no, but Misty, like, literally thinks, like, oh, but we're not genetically identical, so we're fraternal twins, mm-hmm. not identical twins. Yeah. So, no, I don't know. Yeah, maybe, but also... Um, everyone else seems to realize that they look almost identical, except exactly, one of them. Yes. Yeah. And so, one, I haven't mentioned that at one point, <laughs> Ash and Valdera were together after he was with Mistaria um, for really years. Explained, right? Which and he never made a connection somehow. I also personally find it egregious that Misty, who has triplet sisters, is the one who gets the twin. Like that seems. I don't know. How I don't know it, why that annoys me. There's familial propensity towards, like, multiple births, right? Yeah, that's what I was yeah. trying to say. She just already is, got so many sisters. You have so know, many sisters to work with. I don't think those sisters were triplets, though. I think they were just they're three yeah, older sisters. Yeah, three older sisters, weren't they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Wow. But if they were triplets, <laughs> I feel like it would make more sense because there's more of a propensity to have, yeah. They talk about like that in Gravity Falls where it's genetically more likely for family to have twins. Hmm. Yeah. She, she's the Pokemon Master of Light, and she <laughs> is the only Pokemon Master of Light, which, like Shadow, seems to have just all sorts of random... Um, Deus Ex Machina abilities, like yeah, creating I, things and teleporting. I don't think we've mentioned that Pokemon Masters in this world are... Benders. I actually wrote Waterbender at one point. Yeah. <laughs> They're super, they have super elemental powers, which, is that ever explained? Because that's what I was waiting for the explanation They for. throw out a comment by how far I read, which, where Ash is like, oh, back then we didn't, like, there weren't Pokemon yeah. Masters as we understand it. Like, that's all within the past five years in the Dark Pokemon also, Wars. there's something that Duplica says, which is that she's part Pokemon, mm-hmm. and that the other Pokemon Masters are not. So they somehow get their elemental powers despite not yeah. being yeah. spliced with Pokemon, even though that's possible. Spoiler alert, I'll just explain that yeah. real yeah. quick, oh, as yeah. much as it can be explained. So Ash, at one point, is recognized to be part Pokemon and, mm-hmm. and can be trapped by the Pokeball-like force. Field, yeah. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's not it right turns about. out that he is the, mas- the seventh master Pokemon, <laughs> he himself, somehow, because he is half Shadow. His, his father is actually Mr. an Mime? embodiment of... <laughs> <laughs> Yikes. <laughs> oh my god, it all makes so much sense. <laughs> that would have been better. I knew it. Uh, Wait, just give me a second. <laughs> well, his father is apparently an embodiment of Shadow, just like how Misty and Valdera's father, it turns out, at the very end, are the embody- is the or mother is the embodiment of light. So I'm sure his father was Shadow the Hedgehog. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> I still like Mr. Mime. <laughs> it explains so much, wouldn't it? So there's actually something worse than this, which is that... Worse than Mr. Mime being <laughs> Ash's father? Yeah, it turns out that Duplica is Ash's sister. Mm-hmm. Which, which... Oh, see, I didn't get that far. That's like very end stuff. Oh, God. Yeah. Which is messed up because they have all sorts of... Yeah, there's flirty some, moments. There's yeah. some romantic <laughs> tension there, which over the course of the fanfic drives... Mistaria up a wall. It's not have quite we, Star Wars um, bad, but it's not great. Have we explained Duplica's character? Well, wait, we haven't even explained Master Pokemon. Like, we said okay. Ash Sorry, the seventh yes. Master Pokemon. The Master Pokemon, like this Golem door who gets murdered in short order in chapter one. <laughs> Golem is like, one of our favorite characters, I think, so far. 
They're like uplifted, extra powerful master, po- uh, extra powerful Pokemon. They can talk. Like, yeah, they can talk. They're super big, which is actually really funny because in X and Y, there's totem Pokemon on the different islands yeah. that are like big, extra powerful Pokemon that. This fanfic Ash predicted a lot. Not yeah. there's Sun and Moon. Sorry, not X and Y, Sun and Moon. Uh, but uh, also, by the way, humans can become master Pokemon. It's unclear Apparently, which like Ash did. Right. No, Ash was already a Pokemon. Uh, whatever. Uh, apparently, the league can, can have granted them power Canonize to become the people? master Pokemon, but it, it's never really explained. Does it make Ash Pokemon Master Master Pokemon? Oh dear. I would like to read my favorite sentence in this whole fanfic, which is in that chapter one when uh, Misty first approaches Ash mm-hmm. after he flat out murders Golondor, uh, and he doesn't know who she is yet, but she says. Only a true Pokemon master could defeat one of the eight master Pokemons of the Pokemon League. <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, so anyway, um, long story short, short uh, Misty coerces Ash into joining her rebellion because he was against them because he was working for the Pokemon League, but he has left for reasons. He suddenly grew a conscience. Yeah, he just suddenly decided that he should kill Gary. He tries, he thinks he kills Garrick, and then it turns out he didn't, or Garrick can recover himself because, oh, by the way, it turns out he's like part Mewtwo, uh, which we'll get to. It's Lord Garrick. Use his proper title. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please don't. And so, you know, when I was a kid and I played the Pokemon games, I, I thought it was the funniest thing to name my rival Toilet. So when I started watching the Pokemon anime, I just... It's not Toilet, so I'm going to call him Lord Toilet, if you all don't mind. So Misty blood bends Ash- Ashura mm. into helping her. Um, and Good they, point. They go and they meet up with the various other members of the rebellion on the way to Cerulean City, which where there's some sort of ritual occurring that Garrick wants to clear out all the people around it. Mm-hmm. Um, on the way there, we meet the major members of their team, I think, Erica... And Bruno, mm-hmm. the former Elite Four. By the way, I'll point out that like the Rebellion seems kind of similar to Pokemon Adventure Crew. Uh, in Pokemon Adventure, Blaine was on the side of the Angels. Right. That's yeah. about the only difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, and also, of course, Brock was one of the good, uh, you know, uh, gym leaders in Pokemon Adventures. Right. right. And he fakes his death, and he, it turns out he's a spy. For right. Him. Yeah, he was a double Honestly, agent in this one. In they the called it the Rebellion. It really reminded me of Star Wars. Like, I kind of felt like they mm. were just, like, going with an ambiguous, like, rebellion against a fascist force that's never fully described. It had know. that feel, which is why yeah. I was very surprised later on when it turns out there's a separate nation-state over in Fuchsia mm. that, like, is not hmm. is not part of... that. That's who was employing Jesse and James as mercenaries. Yeah, also I was super bizarre. Really confused by that. It's also super bizarre because one thing I don't think we addressed is that it seems like most of the technology, like the high tech they have, has been destroyed. Like their communications and stuff don't seem to exist anymore. Also, no, and they're using like now. bows and arrows yeah, and but, not. Yeah. Yeah. It's just very bizarre. It seems like they've regressed technologically. Well, that makes sense after a huge cataclysmic war. Yes. But it's but... also extremely spotty. Like, there's super high technology when the author wants there to be. But exactly. also, somebody should have had guns. Pokeballs still exist. Well, do those, did those exist in the first place? Yeah, they, they, they exist in the Pokemon anime. They get edited out in the American version, oh, though. Right. Fair like, enough. Like, they're holding yes. nothing, I think. Or hot dogs. Yeah. <laughs> By the way. Or jelly donuts. Yeah. <laughs> Even though Team Rocket's. Being mercenary ninjas 
makes very little sense to me. Mm-hmm. I'll say that, so they meet Team Rocket on the way to Cerulean City, and they sort of join up with them. They're no longer enemies as they yeah, were in the anime. It makes less sense anime. than being a couple. Yeah. Because <laughs> James is so gay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. seriously. Yeah, <laughs> well, I actually think they might be my favorite characters, like, written in the, in the fanfic. Not because they're particularly funny or interesting, but their characterizations seem kind of spot on. That's all my aside about that. Anyway, moving on. Uh, yeah, so the crew, you said it's Erica, who's the grass gym leader, Bruno, former Elite Four member. I feel like he gets the short end of the stick as a Pokemon master, because everyone else gets elemental bending powers, and he's supposed to be like a super-powered martial artist. He's, as the fighting Pokemon yes. master. But the very and first yes. thing he does is lose to Ash in a one-on-one fighting, fighting competition. Right. I hated, can I just say I hated that? Yeah. Like, yeah. It was like, Ash, you're such a little prick. Like, Why did you have to do that? It like, was just supposed to be Ash can beat up all the boys and all the girls want him. Yeah, yeah Bru- exactly. Bruno warps immediately. Horrible. It made Ash <laughs> such a hateable character. It Bruno like, warps so hard. All about Ash's <laughs> ego. Like I hated, I but it, just in this hated it. fiction, for some reason, everyone who has the elemental abilities to be Pokemon masters think that they're obliged to accept challenges in yeah, this ring. That really bothered me because when they introduced that concept, it's the um, let me find it in the fanfic. Okay. I, the, the wording that they use. But in the meantime, can I just mention? I don't like how Pokemon masters, when they become masters, automatically gain colorful cloaks. As a oh, yes. oh yeah, oh yeah, out of their elemental Yeah, they're just required to have them. What's well, but they can magic them away and mash them back on. Why? It's, just, it's a sign <laughs> that they're masters. I'd rather have Taste Link. What's with that useless magical ability? <laughs> I know it, it's a little bit silly because it's also like, couldn't you just like make your own cloak that looked just have a cloak or just like wear, a master's cloak and or just like make a cloak, make it out of the wrong color so they like mistype you before they get in, and then you get the type advantage in, in, the, in the battle. Hmm. Yeah. Possible. <laughs> Possible. Speaking of type advantage, light and shadow supposedly are opposed, and this never matters. Yeah, that's in most animes where they have light and shadow, they often are weak and strong against each other. One thing I did appreciate about what this author did is it kind of made Valdera the light type, the villain, whereas Ash was the shadow type and the good. So at least they went against at least that was something that true. Yeah, but it Got was also an obvious kind of reversal. I got it. Ash and Bruno have a difference of opinion about torturing prisoners for information. Though, I, I'd like to say, you know, Ash is like, oh, we can't torture them. I'd like to say, in defense of Bruno, the Pokemon League, again, are just mustache twirling the worst people you could possibly <laughs> imagine to a, an individual. Horrible, violent rapists. All of them. Yeah. So, like, I don't feel that bad <laughs> about the concept. No, you know, no. it never seems to me that Ash any has any moral complications in this story. It's always yes. like, you shouldn't torture, you shouldn't murder, you yeah. shouldn't do this, whereas but, everyone else is making the hard choices. Well, 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 the, it's not like they want to torture people. They well, just no. are like, we have to do this. A- a- Ash, like, Ash makes hello. the hard... Ash's morality is just totally flexible. There's a point later on yeah. in fanfic where he murders three arcanine that are sent against him, mm-hmm. and he's Aww. like, you know, back in the day, I felt bad about, like, I wouldn't have done anything to help any Pokemon, but, eh, like, you gotta, you gotta do what you gotta do, including just so killing a bunch of Pokemon. a humanist, Ash I guess. kills a lot of things. He kills a lot, a lot, a lot of people. things. Like, wait, how many Pokemon versus people? Because, like, he prevents that one, like, enemy from being tortured. Just Definitely more human, Pokemon, because like, yeah. people have three or four Pokemon on them. Right. I, I, I don't know, I'm just confused by Ash's morality. I started counting, right, 
just out of curiosity, but then I stopped when it <laughs> when he started to kill crowds of people. Yeah. Anyway, the circle of masters. Mm-hmm. So they have a difference of opinion. Bruno challenges him to a fight in the circle of masters, which is supposed to be a physical combatant and a, a physical combat. The main rule of the match was if one were to walk outside the ring of stones and fire or was thrown out, then that one was the loser. La-da-da. What was extraordinary about the Circle of Masters, though, extraordinary, was that it wouldn't be Pokemon fighting, but the Masters themselves. However rare, such battles were allowed in the rules. What rule? What rules? <laughs> what rules? The Pokemon League's rules? Do you need a convention? <laughs> yeah. Why would you follow the Pokemon League's rules? I know. And, and it sh- seems like we've descended into, like, feudalism and or... Chaos. And so. shortly after that, as word got around the rebel camp of the duel, groups of villagers and trainers began gathering around the edges of the circle, ready to watch the oncoming battle. Although there was many of them, the crowd was silent as they knew the ritual importance of the challenge. The, this Pokemon Masters <laughs> have existed for less than five years, and there seem to be about 20 of them. What is this common knowledge? Okay, this, this brings okay. me to a point, by the way. Mm-hmm. There... The fanfic introduces these prophecies, okay? Oh, yeah, there's some prophecies. Almost okay. like there's this historical background people have been vaguely aware of regarding the light and the shadow. Uh, and in the fanfic, um, Ace manages to install some some poetry regarding the light and the shadow, which I don't recommend reading. Uh, <laughs> just avoid it. Yeah. That's all. Well... Anyway, I complain about the Pokemon Circle of Masters thing just as a general thing where it's like the the general fuzziness of the setting bothered me regularly. Where where like it's like, yeah, what's the geopolitical situation here? Where is the Pokemon League even based out of? It turns out later on there's another nation because Fuchsia seems to be independent, but the rebellion doesn't work with them and I don't understand why. And there's just all those like little things where I don't understand the basic situation very well. Yeah. Or like what yes. people know, I don't even know. It seems understand. like there's a lot of opportunity for world building that was there missed. was there was. And some of the world building was kinda cool. Like the the author was choosing a lot of ideas they thought were cool and running with them. It's just that it's the kind of thing where they clearly didn't plan it out beforehand. Yeah. They were just kind of running with it. I honestly feel fairly disappointed because I um got halfway into chapter 9 of 12 of this fanfiction, expecting it to be a lot shorter than it actually was, the chapters get very, very long towards the end. Yeah, that's so a really common fanfiction. Despite thing. being halfway through chapter 9 of 12, I'm only barely past halfway through. Mm-hmm. But I'm a little disappointed because from what I've heard, all this stuff I've been waiting for, like an explanation <laughs> of what the Pokemon Wars were and what happened and how the tech level decreased and how the world was divided and how cities were destroyed never actually comes to fruition. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if that had come to fruition, it would have been so good. Like that was the yeah, yeah. whole suspense. Like I just wanted to know. And it seems like I wanted to know too. didn't pay attention to that. Despite having set it up really well, you know? I really like the idea that in the background of this setting, Giovanni was responsible for a horrible disaster, and, like, he's got to be dead now. Yeah. Like, and that that's all the background, and now the situation is different in a lot of different ways. Was Giovanni anybody... Great ideas, right? Was was Giovanni anybody in this fanfic? Was he... No. He's just dead, I think. That's it? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So what Giovanni did, and what the ritual ends up... Mm-hmm. Trying to be is releasing these forbidden Pokemon onto the onto the world, which seem to be just shadow Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like they seem to be whatever Ashura's type is, um, because at the very end of the fic, they explain that the the forbidden Pokemon exist 
because light and shadow are trying to come back into the world. At the very end of the fanfic, um, when they solve the crisis, the, the forbidden Pokemon will end up turning in, into like light Pokemon, which is mm. great. Um, That's good. The major subplot, though, of the fic, which I think probably deserves a little bit of mention, is that there's a that Brock exists in this fic, and he. Uh. For people who know the anime, um, or don't know the anime, rather, like, Ash, Misty, and Brock are this team of three, Ash's main character, and they travel all around um, the Pokemon world, being friends and catching Pokemon, etc. And, as we mentioned, uh, Brock was a spy for the Pokemon League. Uh, double agent? Double agent, right. Mm-hmm. He pretended to be in the rebellion and then ended up faking his death for reasons that are unexplained in order to rejoin the Pokemon League. And I would say that his reasons are are rough. Like, this mm-hmm. is, for me, probably the harshest part of the fic. Yeah. yeah. Is, uh... I mean, this is super devastating for Ash and Misty well, there's to a lot find of, out he was alive and then find out that he had never even been on their side. There's a lot of a dark Brock characterization at the end. Yeah. Oh, I mean, in the yeah. middle. Okay, yeah. yeah. Like, I haven't gotten all the way yet, yeah. but it was, yeah. So that's it seems probably very, good. Like, he's very dark it's, like, as a I, character. I think of it as the darkest part of this fic. I also... Oh, sorry, go on. Go, you, you go ahead. No, I was only going to say that I found it really disappointing because Brock, as a character, seemed like... Um, in the source material, like a male character whose primary function is to take care of his younger, like mostly girl siblings and mm-hmm. like serve a non-masculine role and be maternal. Like he cooks and he puts on aprons and he's very non-maternal. He's also has like darker complexion mm-hmm. and like seems like to be the most like marginalized archetype of the characters, like the least normative and to make him villainous in this felt very wrong to me that's all uh i think the author tries to make him more sympathetic but that's very he's such a sweet guy he he throws out the opportunity to make him sympathetic like go go ahead and because you're right it's that's kind of the toughest reading and like the hardest plot point to accept i feel like i think it might be the most compelling part of the fic too is trying to like figure out what happened and like see them come together and Ashura and Brock fight or, or Misty and Brock fight maybe but yeah so Brock is known um, by members of the Pokemon League including Valdera to be a at this point in the story a murderer and a rapist a serial killer basically yeah and, like, it's it's not even in the way that all of the Pokemon League yeah. members kind of are, but, like, it's really his thing. It's uh, it's rough reading. Yeah. And, and then I do that to, like, basically the only character in Pokemon you could potentially interpret as a gay person of color, according to the American reading of the show. I'm just saying. Yeah. The explanation for this by the author is based on the Orange Islands arc of the Pokemon anime where Brock leaves the group in order to work with Professor Ivy. 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 Yeah. And she uses him as her young intern or whatever. And they have uh, an affair 
or something. In this. Wait, in the anime? No, in no, this. No, in this, in this sorry. Okay. <laughs> in the anime, actually. In the anime, sure, Amato. <laughs> in the anime, it's actually kind of interesting because he goes to Professor Ivy, then he comes back, and they're like, hey, Brock, what happened? He's like, I don't want to talk about it. And they don't talk about oh, it. Oh, that's there. right. <laughs> so there's uh, that. Well, I can see why the author wanted to explore that space then. Yeah, that's a good yeah, fan fiction space because yeah. like, he's just like, I, I, I don't want to talk about yeah, it. I feel like they could have done something more interesting and less well, he, shitty. So here's what happens is yeah. that Brock um, and Ivy have sex and Ivy is expecting. Uh, and, and she actually does... Um, expecting what? A, a child... A baby. Ew. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she sends Brock away on an errand uh, right before the birth. Like, they mentioned that they find out too late to abort it. <laughs> Pretty much. Right. Oh, God. That's yeah. a horrible way to... To yeah, phrase it, it gets worse. It's, it's horrible. <laughs> send Brock, she sends Brock away, has the baby, and then drops it off at the what is termed as like the worst orphanage in the Orange Islands. Brock goes to find the baby and it is dead. See, normally I would object to you calling a baby it, but since they call Pokemon it, I guess maybe <laughs> in that context it's fine. I, I apologize to babies. Um, and so... It was like implied that Ivy sent it to the orphanage as a form of punishment or just disinterest in the baby. Right. For her, it was an inconvenience, and that's wrong. With and like she deliberately <laughs> sick, like sought out the worst, worst, worst orphanage possible. What? Right. Yeah. Deliberately decided to put her own child in a bad place. Okay. Right. Yeah. So the baby dies. Brock that's gets super horrible. upset, and then I feel like the author tries to twist it a little bit at the end. Um, in the lead-up to the final confrontation between Ash and Brock and Misty, um, it's assumed, based on everything that's been written thus far, that Brock and Misty have some sort of terrible, like, had some sort of love affair or something where Brock is just devastated it's by... Like literally everyone's had a love affair in this. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that Brock is just hates hates Misty so much because... They had a love triangle, and she didn't love him, and that just made him evil. Mm-hmm. And then in the last chapter, they or second to last maybe, they they reveal this Ivy story. And then um, it is revealed that Brock, even though he said he killed Ivy in retribution, uh, never actually did. That he's he's gone a little bit... Um, I don't know what the word would be, but he's delusional. Psychotic? I guess. Um, he's delusional about various things, including that he killed Ivy, like, in revenge. And instead, his... Uh, that's a complicated story, but it's Susie from the Pokemon series, who he also... Brock also liked because he liked lots of girls in the series. All of the girls. <laughs> um, is tracking him down in revenge for him, atta- like, hurting her, and then reveals that she actually killed killed Ivy because she actually loves Brock. It's it's a it's a complicated little scenario. That seems a, we can't go into all the content. Mm-hmm. But that seems kind of representative of the types of motivations that villains and sometimes protagonists have in this. There's a lot of people being really upset about being spurned or someone they love being killed and then that being like kind of their whole deal. Yeah. And um 
and I feel like the characters for whom that is that's not going on are the ones that it's a nice reprieve to read about. Like Erica doesn't really have a horse in that race. Duplica just I mean, like, yeah. apparently she gets drawn into the major like I mean Duplica has I feel like hang on. Uh Duplica has some unexplained mysterious past things also, mm-hmm. but he manages actually to make Erica and Duplica also have these really? tragic things. Yeah, for example, Erica apparently, because she came into her powers um, all of a sudden, because apparently 16-year-olds sort of grow into their powers at this time. And because, like, Erica's the grass Pokemon yeah. master. Mm-hmm. Right. And also the quirk of no grass Pokemon in the series is pure grass. Mm-hmm. Tangela is. Mm-hmm. Well, in any case, <laughs> she's part poison, so she no. ends up poisoning her fiance. Oh, wow. seriously? Seriously. <laughs> Meanwhile, Duplica was in on this plan of Brock to split up Ash and yeah. Misty, which he did retroactively because he's. I mean, for most of the story, it seems like he did it because he's in love with Misty or something, but then it turns out that it's because he's just gone a little bit loopy and needed a. Like, yeah. needed someone after Ivy or something. To be honest, I feel like the author introduced Duplica as, like, it feels like she's just kind of, like, a fetish object. Like, because every time she transforms her body, it's, did, like, did sexualized. Mention, did we mention she can transform her yeah, body? So, we did not. Uh, we were going to, yeah, I think we were going to go back to that at one point. Duplica okay. is <laughs> apparently part ditto. Because she's the Ditto trainer and can transform her body into anything. Very frequently, it's Pokemon. And the first time she does it, she's transforming into a Rapidash, and she's like, ride me. And it's very sexual. Almost every time she does it, it's weird and sexual. And she's frequently, when she transforms back, will transform, you know, it will talk about her breasts and her lack of clothing. Like, she'll wear very skimpy clothing. She's just a hyper-sexualized character. By the way, I'll point out, like, there's a lot of sexual assault talk mm-hmm. and there's a lot of like sexualization um, but there's very little sex mm-hmm. or sexuality in fact one of the plot points that's set up early when Misty like kisses Ash by surprise when they first meet and does her when they first meet and does her bloodbending magic and she's like now you have to do what I say because like yeah, I poisoned you I poisoned you like yeah. I have my water in your bloodstream or whatever and then it turns out, oh, the only way that one could break that would be getting it on. And I'm yeah. like, oh, well, that's you've just written what? yourself how this plot point needs to resolve. Mm-hmm. That is not how it resolves. He gets cleansed of that in a completely different way because the author decided not to. No. You're right. It never comes to anything, that's which is fine. That's actually a good fine. point because this is what made me think the author was a little bit younger is it made me think the author was inexperienced sexually. Like, they were in teenage years because uh, they were experiencing those high hormone levels, but they just didn't really know. Sorry, the author was 17, 18. Like, yeah, they weren't so, that old. Yeah, yeah so right. maybe they they yeah, maybe they were inexperienced sexually. Mm-hmm. Totally possible. I'm realizing, like, we're not actually going linearly through the actual I don't think plot. we can, though. Yeah. I don't know if there's actually that much that happens. Like, well, introducing characters happens, but it's kind of a sprint towards nothing until the end. It feels weird, yeah. So stuff happens. Like, like you said, at first they're trying to stop this League ritual, mm-hmm. and they fail to stop it. Right. And so Forbidden Pokemon are unleashed into the world again. Forbidden Pokemon... You said they're, you know, they're darkness-type Pokemon. I think their portrayal is a little bit interesting. For one thing, there's never just one of them. It's always swarms of them. And they're very, very physical. It's like 
what they do is they jump at you and they tear your arm off. Like, I can't remember them ever being described as actually using elemental attacks. And there's kind of talk, like, the forbidden is kind of code for, like, demon or yeah. hellish or something. Absolutely. Yeah. And, mm -hmm. and they are drawn to elemental energies being used by Pokemon and Pokemon Masters. So it's like, if we're talking about things being foreshadowed, the physical special split... <laughs> it's kind of like foreshadowing. He's I mean, a genius. I mean, th there was always a physical special split in terms of like some types are physical and some types are special. So I guess never mind that. That was always there, um, and so it's just interesting that they go kind of like the zombie horde, except they're all more like killer rabbits than they are like mm. zombies. That's what they're they're at. So Sabrina also features in this anime, but more for plot. Sabrina device. is a plot device. Her reason for doing anything is prophecy related. Right. Uh, like, yeah, it's it's not great. There's some weird mind games with Ashura later. Yeah, yeah. She, yeah, she does mind games with Ashura. She's also blamed for why Ash and Misty broke apart originally, which... They just, like, hypnotize them to be apart, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. They change their memories to make them think that things are getting worse when yeah. they aren't. Yeah. Yes. Does it ever explain, by the way... That why their names have longer versions? No, it's like, just... I, I feel like one of the things about these decisions is that usually they're made because the author thinks they're cool. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's that's the case in the FAQ. It's like, why the cloaks? Well, I think cloaks are cool. Right. Also, a after they fight Blaine, and Blaine uses, like, the double-bladed the double -bladed fire sword, just like Darth Maul. He's like, because I okay. think that's cool. Yeah, Yeah, which was actually really funny. Yeah. <laughs> talking about how people used to think the original, like, the episode one, two weren't so corny, but then they kind of realized they were one, two, three. Anyway, mm. point being, also, is it ever explained that Pikachu becomes a shadow Pikachu? Is no. that ever explained? No. Never. It's referred to as an evolution, though. That's interesting. Uh, is it? Yep. Is it, it evolved into the Ash same Pikachu but different type? Yeah. Ash, like. Just black without any obvious stripes, which is kind of odd. So strange. I was just, you know, I was fascinated by the fanfiction. I was just like, how did all this come to be? And it seems like the author never explained it. I can't imagine writing something so different from the source material and never wanting to explain it. That's so far from my own personal <laughs> mentality. I but mean, hey, it, it, you know, to each their own. It's kind of optimistic in a way. I mean, I kind of like, like for example, like at one point Ashura casts a spell, and the only reason that Ace had him like use words to cast the spell is because he says he, or they say that they saw one episode of Slayers and mm -hmm. liked the Dragon Slayer <laughs> spell. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of repeats of the phrase "darkness beyond twilight." Oh. <laughs> Well, going back to the plot, just because we should probably give the broad outlines at some point in this muddle, yeah, uh, yes. the, uh, the Unforbidden Pokemon are unleashed, and then the main action is that the characters kind of try to regroup with the Rebellion, mm -hmm. uh, the Rebellion stronghold gets crushed, and after that they're on the run with uh, Misty's sisters who are crewing a ship, right. and then they're kind of going around trying to beat the Pokemon masters that are at the, the like elite four members mostly right. that are maintaining focal points that this ritual required, and the idea, the prophecy, Sabrina tells them whatever. Sabrina, the teenage witch, tells them <laughs> that if they can defeat all of these masters holding the focal points, or if they all die, or whatever, and the dark, then, gritty reboot of Sabrina, the teenage witch, that happened before the Netflix one. So yeah, <laughs> more future seeing from the author. Oh, good point. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the on ongoing subplot of this is that Ash is also a berserker. Like, sometimes mm. he will oh, black truth. out and 
try to kill everyone. Somehow I missed that entirely when I was reading through it. He has some particular move where he destroys everything within a mile radius because sure he can do that <laughs> like he starts to try to do that and with the original ritual and the cerulean ruins and then he stopped before he finishes it but do we know actually... what the goal of the league ritual is well the league the league is trying to open up gates to hell hell right which is where the pokemon or the for- forbidden zone the or astral plane okay and doesn't apparently. the author even admit that it's a hell analog or something yeah people use that phrase even like demon pokemon to describe the forbidden pokemon yeah yeah um and so they're trying to open up portals the for that in their notes for what purpose because it's of the few things that are mentioned about the dark pokemon wars they mentioned that giovanni opened these portals to try to control these as weapons see that sounds interesting yeah. but that's not mm-hmm. what they do that's not what the league is doing they're just kind of unleashing them upon the world so actually kind so of many interesting ideas kind of like their reasoning um which <laughs> is they, they say that the world has been so messed up since the dark pokemon worlds that they want to wipe it clean so they've managed to erect like in this particular city, Indigo City, which is where the Pokemon League is like based, and all the Pokemon League, like civilians or whatever, live. The, um, the peasants around the castle town. Yeah. Yeah, they will be protected, and everything else on Earth will be mm. just well, not, not destroyed, but maybe just like killed. killed. If yeah. It's right. like a living thing. Um, I don't know why that's good, in their opinion, but they seem to think it's. Better yeah, than whatever they got. The, most of the reason the world is a hellhole that's super crappy is them. So, <laughs> but yeah, but their way of doing this is by opening all four gates, which unleash all three levels of forbidden Pokemon. I don't think we ever actually see the second or third levels of. Forbidden. We do see level two dark okay. Pokemon when they're on Cinnabar Island. Mm. Uh, it's it's covered with what is it like ice. Um, I want to say sand shrews. Oh, ice sand shrews. Oh, which they have. Which in they have in Alola. In, I know. Yeah, I might just be thinking of Pokemon Sun and Moon as the ice sand shrews. <laughs> I know. It's like it's so like Pokemon Sun and Moon, isn't it? I missed the entire part. Might have been black actually. Sandshrews. We have this black ice. They're oh, like made right, of ice. Right, right. And the the thing about level two forbidden Pokemon is that you can't kill them. You break them apart, they just reform. Oh yeah. That's yeah. it. What do they do then? Uh, mostly run away. Sometimes drop them in huge crevices that they make. In terms of the action in this fanfic, there's a lot of fighting. Like, the action and the adventure is something the author is interested in. And it's kind of hit or miss on whether I was actually interested in any given fight. (laughs) Yeah. I've got to say, in terms of Duplica, she is sexualized and her transformation back and forth is sometimes fetishized, like you said, Tori. But I appreciated her in combats just because she could do a variety of things. And one of the things I like is that she can turn into any Pokemon. Mm-hmm. And that includes yeah. legendaries, but she can't keep that up for that long. Mm-hmm. And so I liked it when she was like, okay, this is an occasion where I need to bust out a Zapdos. Yeah. And like, I turn into Zapdos. That's the other thing I want to say is the same thing. Like, she has a great character mechanic. Yeah. And like, she's super cool. I just wish she wasn't super fetishized in this like super weird way where even her transformations are. <laughs> yeah. But as a character, she's kind of awesome. Also, she owns her sexuality and she's like, what else? And also, yeah. like, they had enough of a downside where it's like, if you stay too long in that Pokemon form, that's what your mind becomes. Mm-hmm. So that's like. Is that a thing? I did not remember that. They talk about a little bit in Mount Moon where she becomes a Zubat to echolocate out of the. Oh, yeah. Also, it yeah. zaps her strength. Yeah. And they mentioned like she has a hard time talking in you know 
English, whatever oh, yeah. language. She, 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 she like can do it. Talk. It's harder to talk in yeah. whatever language. When she she's can do it, but she falls back into, like, the Pokemon words. Mm. So she's like, it's this way, Zubat. Right. Or whatever. Yeah. That was actually a super well-explored <laughs> character, right? Yeah. That whole thing. But a lot of the time, there's a lot of fighting, and it's kind of hard to stay engaged with the amount of fighting that there is. Honestly, I didn't really read this much as as I did just um, kind of skim each page. Uh-huh. And what I did with every fight was like, okay, there's a fight. Who's combat? Who's the? Who are the combats in this? And then paragraph, paragraph, paragraph. They're dead. Okay. <laughs> so then I was just like, who's fighting? Okay, they're dead. Who's fighting? They're dead. <laughs> Some. <laughs> Some characters seem very unable to die, and it's definitely kind of a plot-relevant thing. Yeah, like, once you saw a character name appear more than once in those situations, then you know that they're not going to die. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think any actual, like, main characters die but they don't want to. <laughs> and even the villains, don't they kill Blaine and he just comes back at some point or something? He doesn't, actually. No, no Blaine doesn't. Blaine's wife Blaine's comes. Blaine's wife, yeah, Lara. Or Laramie, yes. In the show. and One episode. Nice. <laughs> well, she seemed nice. Well, now she's evil and murderous and taking revenge for Blaine, by the way. So at the very end, they meet up at the Indigo Plateau where Garrick, Lord Garrick, is trying to open the last portal. Yeah, after Gary's such a dick now. So, yeah, so that's actually what I'm... What is they try to explain? Okay. Okay. They didn't explain Brock, but they explained Gary. Well, they, they explained Brock with like two different origin stories. Yeah, it was wasn't saying. a real explanation. So first of all, mm-hmm. Garrick. So Garrick lost to Ashura and Lord this, Garrick in this history. Lord Garrick, sorry. <laughs> Stop uh, calling him Lord Garrick. <laughs> so Gary lost to Ash, but then Ash decides to give up his his championship and give it back to Gary and then Gary's like okay I'm now the champion mm-hmm. because Ash wants to go wander the world instead of needing to be anchored into go plateau and go back to to defend his title every or, year yeah. or, or staying in one cave just waiting for the <laughs> new challenger to come in standing at the top of a mountain yeah uh-huh. <laughs> yeah but it turns out that this is problematic for Gary because he finds out with the powers of being the league champion that uh, he is actually a clone of Ash, combined what? with what? I missed that. With the DNA of Mewtwo, because Professor Oak, being and like a, a very knowledgeable man, has a huge has a huge Cthulian professor's interest <laughs> in these prophecies, and decides, well, just in case Ash dies, we need a, a substitute hero, and we I can even prove him. Because Oak, like, knows that Ash is supposed to, like, save shit and stuff? Is yes. Is that what that yes. is? Yes. The, Dang, yes. now I really wish I did read to the end. <laughs> no, no, you didn't. <laughs> it's kind of shoehorned in the last, like, tenth of the last chapter. That's okay. I can make it through the last, <laughs> like, 100,000 words. I can do it. And, uh, but yeah... Uh, Garrick doesn't love being a clone, it turns out, and he thinks that everything should be dead because of it. Hmm. I feel like that's um, a Metal, metal that's Gear so storyline. I feel like that's like a Blade Runner storyline. Oh, uh, but he fails, that, yeah. by the yeah. way, because it turns out that Valdera and Misty are two halves of the same person who so can form fusion style into one person. Wait, whoa. <laughs> but, but back it up. <laughs> so it doesn't Say matter if it's genetically impossible. Okay, but, yeah. so 
apparently how Professor Oak came to uh. the Wallflowers <laughs> or Misty's parents' uh-huh. family home mm-hmm. uh, because he has discovered that Misty and Valdera are the spawn of this being of light, this incarnation of light. Misty and Valdera being one person at this point. Mm-hmm. It's it's. No, they're they're, they're separate people. It's unclear why they confuse. It's never explained, but... Like Dragon Ball fusion. By the way, Valdera, I think, might be the only original character in this film. The author mentions it several times. Yeah. Yeah. That they made a super huge point of only making one original human character. They didn't make original Pokemon characters. I thought that was Duplicia, though. Duplica. Yeah. No, she's yeah. from the anime. Duplica's from the anime. She's the Ditto trainer. I forgot about that. It was one episode, right? Yeah, yeah. one episode. She's pretty cool in the anime, I think. Yeah, I liked her. Um, anyway, so, yeah, Valdera is actually kind of forgotten about for, like, the middle of this fanfic for some mm-hmm. reason. I feel like there was opportunities there, but it's just, it's almost like they forgot that Valdera existed. Mm-hmm. Valdera shows up at the end and she's super sad because something about the prophecy, and then it turns out that she's going to lose her individuality and fuse into Misty, and then Ash can have both Misty and Valdera, which was not actually a love triangle that <laughs> seemed to matter in most of the fanfic. No, it didn't seem like Ash actually wanted either of them. Yeah. Certainly not. Well, they didn't want him. Valdera wanted him, Misty didn't, and it doesn't matter. They try to do the like romantic tension, will they, won't they thing with Ash and Misty the whole time. Yeah, but, but Valdera, like they're he, pretty broken up. Ash like, only seems to have regrets over ever being involved with Valdera. Yes, yeah. Ash and Misty actually, I don't remember if they got married or if they were just. They engaged. got married at sixteen. They I got think. engaged. They got engaged. engaged at sixteen. Oh, okay. I don't know if they ever got married, but anyway, that's that's, that's also an important point that they've been through, like essentially divorce mm-hmm. at this point. Like I don't know. So, so uh, Miss Go on. Maldera. Or whatever mm-hmm. um, shows up Mr. and Durrett, no. <laughs> shows up at the very end while Ash- Ashura is fighting Lord Garrick and stop using these weird names. It's like super strong now <laughs> because she has the power of two or I don't know. She just sort of easily slaps Garrick aside and then she <laughs> and Ashura do this special move and everything is. Healed. Honestly, I'm not sure how I caught how they became fused. Oh, they just hold hands. Mm-hmm. Okay. They do a dance. They do the fusion <laughs> dance. executed. Yeah. So they were meant to be fused from birth. Is that what happened? Fusion. I, I feel like you were explaining this to me, and I still got lost. <laughs> That's all. That's, okay. you, you got it. <laughs> no, no, I didn't there. get it, but okay. They were meant to be one, and then they became one. Okay. They're oh. one. All right. As... As people who actually read the whole thing, Dom and Taran, I need to know some other answers. Please. Hmm. So one of the minor characters introduced is LaSalle, who is based on the last Less. trainer from yeah. Red and Blue. Fair enough. Um, she's mostly early on another person to think that Ash is sexy, mm-hmm. and then she just tags along for a long time. Mm-hmm. She picks up this absurdly high-level, apparently, Caterpie. Oh, who's you, don't, like her, you don't want to know this. I, I want to know. <laughs> who, who's like her companion for a lot of the story. Mm-hmm. And like it saves it saves the day multiple times just through having a really good string shot. super cute, by the way. I want to say it was like one of the good and, parts of the story. And eventually... Adorable Caterpie. Oh, yeah, the Caterpie's great. Caterpie, yeah. MVP, for sure. <laughs> That's like really a, like one of the light parts, you know. I reach the point where Caterpie eventually evolves directly into a black Butterfree. Mm-hmm. So what's the deal with the Caterpie? Forbidden Butterfree? The deal is a 
probably didn't know what he was doing with the Butterfree. Okay. So the Butterfree is actually the sixth master Pokemon. Okay. Which oh. is a ditto. What? <laughs> How does a Caterpie Wait evolve it? into it? Wait for it. Which is Flint, Brock's father. Wait. What? Now, you might be asking, <laughs> I'm sorry. How is this relevant to anything? It's not. It wasn't. It, no, you're, yeah, you, you got it. It's not, it, it doesn't <laughs> matter ever. So I'm great at predictions. I didn't know that Caterpie was Brock's father, but I knew it wasn't relevant to the main plot line. <laughs> I think the most egregious part is that apparently. Detorion can't be Flint for very long. Well, who's Detorion? I'm sorry. So Detorion is the Butterfree. The oh, Master the Ditto Master. Master. Yeah. The Master yeah. Ditto. It's a ma- Master Pokemon of, of Ditto. <laughs> How is this not related to Bleaka somehow? To De- it's not. Okay. <laughs> you got two Ditto oh, Masters and it doesn't... There's no. How is it not related to Brock? It's not related to Brock either. So it just what happens to be Brock's dad, who's somehow a Ditto master, even though there's never been any evidence in the source material that Brock's dad no. trained any Dittos. He's, End but, of story. But he's not a Ditto master in the same way Duplica is. He's a poke. He's a master mm. Pokemon Ditto. That's what right? Duplica is too. Yes. She's part. Pokemon. No, she's a Pokemon master Ditto. No, but no, she's part Pokemon. <laughs> they specify that she's part That's Pokemon. True. Not the same way that other Pokemon Masters are. She's also part Pokemon. She gets a cloak, right? Yeah. She's a Pokemon Master. Yeah, she's a Master Pokemon Ditto. Master, but she's also part Pokemon. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. She might be a Master Pokemon Pokemon Master like Ashes. So just saying. Here, here's the sum total of what Tutorion slash Flint does. Mm-hmm. Convinces the generals of the Pokemon League that they shouldn't be trying to take down the Rebellion and instead should be working with the Rebellion against... The Pokemon Masters or Lord Garrick or whatever. Because this is, this is they're going to af- destroy the world. Um, it's because the the shield that protecting the city fell, and it, it becomes obvious that Lord Garrick doesn't actually care about protecting the city. Oh, okay, um, that's what happens. Okay, with I'm Flint. Okay, I, I'm not going to pry anymore. Are there yeah. any other? Uh, plot threads we really want to know how they work out. You want to see how Brock ends up? Oh, yeah, what happens with Brock? Poor Brock. So Brock, um, when he's confronted with the knowledge that he didn't actually kill Professor Ivy, he sort of triggers some sort of awakening. Oh, also, that woman who who was hunting him down, Susie, um, sacrifices her life for him. He sort of undergoes this change of heart, and he ends up uh, grabbing the dragon master lance and self-destructing. And okay, killing them. Yeah, of course he had a noble sacrifice. Like that was going to happen, yeah. even though I, they passed a moral threshold with him with several of his scenes, where it wasn't even like kicking a puppy; it was like beating a baby seal to death with a puppy. Which is yeah. establishing uh, just establishing that he's a rapist serial killer. Yep. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like and a sadist and. Uh, just misogynist it's a really and really uh, a bad way to go at the character. Real asshole, <laughs> like. I actually thought it was, I think the most furious I was with this fanfic is when the woman who he um, brutalized and raped still loved him and sacrificed her life to protect him. That happens, and it's terrible. Yeah, you should be angry. Yeah. I think 
I mean, that's really upsetting. I didn't read that far, but I will say it's also, like, super frustrating. Something I wanted to elaborate on when I was saying about Brock before is it's, like, it always felt in the anime, like, his, his, like, obsession with girls. Like, it's usually not too bad. Like, he's flirting with them. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, he, he might be a little pressuring and, like, not the greatest, but he's... He's not horrible. He's not what he is in this fan fiction. But it always felt like it was also compensating for, like, this kind of soft side that he had as well that was way more, you know, gender fluid or possibly sexually fluid, gay, I don't know, whatever. I, I can see that, so, because it seems like he's performing yeah, it so heavily. Right. right. Yeah. It's just, he always read, like, more like a gay character, but even if he's not, it doesn't matter because he's not very masculine, despite hitting all these girls. Hmm. And just to put him in this role, like, to take that, I don't know, that overcompensating and turn it into sexual assault and violence against women is just, it's horrible. I just feel it, like it that, wasn't fun to the, read. The no. biggest mistake the author made. Agreed. On a lighter note, uh, something I liked that I think was probably my favorite part of the fanfic, and was probably the favorite, my favorite part of the fanfic, like, back when I read it, was the Mount Moon part, they take uh, a glitch in the original Pokemon game, Missingno, and they make it into this terrifying... Horrible monster. Right. That was so yeah. good. That <laughs> was so good. I thought it was good. Just like a scar on reality. <laughs> yeah, it just like it's this mist of death which haunts Mount Moon and kills pretty much anything that enters it. Although, really, that should be on, off of the coast of Cinnabar Island. Hmm. So well, that is true. It yeah. should have been. But, but they said they relocated it there to Mount Moon. They, like, dumped it there. Right. They, they say at the time it's the shadow Pokemon, not the shadow Pokemon, the master Pokemon of shadow or of darkness or whatever, but mm -hmm. maybe there's more than one. Right. The, the author said they were inspired by another uh, Pokemon fanfic that kind of dropped Missing No into the anime format as, like, a, you know, one-shot event thing. Cool. And, yeah, it's a cool idea. Um, I'd like to say when they're fleeing Missing No, though, and Ash and Misty and Pikachu combine their powers to, to drive it off. It's basically a Care Bear stare is what they use against <laughs> oh it. Oh my god. <laughs> Somehow that seems appropriate and I don't know why. That's, that's another thing. Yeah, so, so here's the description. Like they were reading this, they hold hands, mm -hmm. Misty's body begins to turn blue, um, Ash harnesses his shadow, his body begins to glow darkly, oh, yes. Pikachu add your power to yours, and Pikachu begins doing that. Now, Misty, Pikachu, release your powers into me. Now. When the powerful elemental energies streamed into him, he held Misty's arm up along with his own. Shadow repel, he shouted, desperately directing the hmm. immense power directly into the evil black mist in front of them. It shot forth in a bright, coursing beam of elemental energy, striking with the sound of an explosion. Abruptly, the mist seemed to scream and fall backward, dark blue sparks flying at the point of contact. Yeah, I mean... Beautiful. I was just picturing tummy symbols and everything. That they mis made Missing Noah a real character. But also, yeah, I don't know if we mentioned before that the um, the Pokemon Masters, can they glow when they use their elemental energy. Like, either their eyes or their bodies glow. They do magic, so that's yeah. a part of it, mm -hmm. yeah. Also, Shadow Repel is one of many, <laughs> many attacks that is made up for Ashura. And yeah, Pikachu. P Ashura's mm -hmm. Pikachu knows way more than oh, four moves. Yeah. <laughs> that was another thing I was going to mention, too. So that it seems like at every single chapter the author has a new move for Shadow Pikachu. At least one. But yeah. it was super, one to three. But they describe all the different moves and the descriptions are really good. 
And also, <laughs> they do have it multiple. totally like is understandable that Shadow Pikachu has multiple moves. So it's like an elite Pokemon now. Mm-hmm. It's like totally beyond our level right? infinity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's so like, it's it's just better than an average Pokemon, right? They do say that. I I gotta say I was a little surprised the author did not make up more Pokemon because there's only a couple new ones. There's Misty's. There's Misty's. He said in his notes, or they said whatever, that they were reluctant to um, make up new human characters and would draw from the material for that. But they said they had no problem making up new Pokemon. It's just they didn't often do it. Uh, I mean, besides the Shadow and Light Pikachu, there's Starmos, which is the Starmie evolution that Misty has. Jason Starmos. Jason Starmos from Full House. I am a little (laughs) upset that it was not called something along the lines of Staras (laughs) or... I don't know, Star Wii? Whatever. Star Wii? Star Wii, Maybe not Star Wii. I just wanted to... Star Tachi? I don't know. (laughs) But they also mentioned when they created the new Pokemon that... Didn't they say something like, oh, I didn't want to create a lot of new characters, but since it's a new Pokemon, it doesn't really count? But I feel like that was still kind of like a little bit like self-criticizing. Like they still didn't want to make up too many new Pokemon either. That was the impression I got. They pretty much keep within the original 150. Yeah. I do like that Togepi makes a single guest appearance <laughs> to mm-hmm. guard someone's unconscious body, and someone asks, like, Are, is that going to be okay? That thing looks pretty weak. And Misty's like, Togepi's, Togepi's fine. Togepi's way better than you think it is. But I do want to go back to their structure of, like, creating new Pokemon attacks for Pikachu. Okay. Like, at the end of every chapter, they have new attacks for Pikachu. Sometimes they're repetitive, but a lot of times they're <laughs> new. At the end of chapter two... They have, like, this, you know, a bunch of underscores, and they say Pokedex, and they say Shadow Pikachu, Type 1 Shadow, Type 2 Electricity. They do at the end of every chapter. Mm-hmm. And then they'll say Attacks. I'm just going to read my favorite attack that Pikachu has now. It's called, it says Attack, colon, Shadow Blade. Mm-hmm. Type Shadow slash Electricity slash Fighting. <laughs> Pikachu shapeshifts into a long black katana sword. Incredibly sharp and powerful, thought to be an indestructible weapon. Not even a blade of energy, so specifically funny. a katana. Yeah. yeah, katana sword. Katana what? sword, yes. Yeah, because there's other types of katanas that are not swords, obviously. It's never destroyed, by the way, so... <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, my, my favorite is the um, Dark Lightning Slash. Mm-hmm. Uh, the shadow version of the Lightning Slash, it must be performed subsequent to Pikachu's Shadow Blade. For all intents and purposes, this attack is also a Shadow Slice, uh, capitalized... However, this area of effect and range is much more powerful. The type is shadow slash electric slash fighting slash mm-hmm. flying. <laughs> flying. Beautiful. Yeah. Right. I mean, Very you have Pokemon beautiful. that have different types, but a move that has four different types. There are now, there's now one move that has two types, kind of. Oh. And, but it's, you know, kind of its thing. When I was reading it, Thunder Shatter, which is an electricity move that can affect ground Pokemon was kind of annoying to me, but then I, I thought about like the actual Pokemon anime and how the likely like effectiveness of an attack seemed to be inverse to whether or not it was actually strong against the Pokemon it was hitting. Maybe that's only... Never mind. That's just an anime quibble. This fanfic approaches type affinity the same way the anime does. Sometimes they mention that something is supposed to be strong against something else, and that's about it. It doesn't really matter. Kind of just mm. to show how strong a type is, because it's overcoming type affinity yeah, most of the time. basically. Yeah. Also, they have a lot of invented shield-type moves mm-hmm. in this. Well, they want to make the action more dynamic than dodge. I well, mean, it's the same thing, though. It's the same thing. 
Wait, mixes is, it up a little. Is dodge a move in Pokemon? No. <laughs> Should be, maybe. They just say dodge a lot in the anime. Yeah. Like, Pikachu, dodge it. Dodge Pikachu it, dodge would not it. have thought to do that without Ash yelling at him. I know. I always think that, too. Like, <laughs> come on. <laughs> maybe Pikachu just was not paying attention. <laughs> Pikachu only pays attention to commands, not to the actual battle. Like, yeah. Pikachu plays a fun little game where it closes its eyes and, like, <laughs> tries to figure out if they can still win that. Never mind. So I, I hope you guys have accepted my case for this fanfic being awesome. Well, usually, Wait, when we... <laughs> Tarn's practicing their lawyering skills here. Oh, great. <laughs> uh, usually, when we wrap this up, we talk about things we did not like about the fanfic and then end on a good note and talk about the things that we did like. I think we already talked I a lot. I think we've already talked about the stuff that we did not like about yeah. this fanfic. Because we literally were unable to stop ourselves from ranting on about <laughs> things know. for the first, like, 20 minutes. 30 minutes. <laughs> 30 minutes, great. I do yeah. feel like... I, I'm sorry, Ace Sanchez, because let's end and talk about things that we did like about the fanfic. I was just going to say, to be fair to ourselves, we started out saying some things we liked about it. We did. I'm going to come yeah. back around and lay claim to the same thing I said before. The author was having fun writing, and it's hard mm-hmm. to stay really mad at an author who is has no pretensions, it's just writing something that they're enjoying for fun, and seems to be pleasantly surprised that people like it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like, oh, great, well, if people like it, I'll keep writing it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the attitude is is good, the vibe is good every time I read an author note from this guy. Mm-hmm. He seems very pleasant and good-natured about it, mm-hmm. and it's just, it makes you want to like him and to feel good about the fanfic, yeah. despite stuff in the fanfic being angering to me yeah they were always very uh, congenial in the author's notes yeah uh, between between the chapters and i kind of like the idea of a pokemon slash ninja scroll reboot (laughs) (laughs) that this kind of turned out to be it would have been fun if they went into um giovanni of the dark wars but on the other hand it's also kind of fun to have just established lore in the universe that you don't talk about Mm -hmm. then again like if you were an author you'd probably figure that out even if you didn't uh, write it in the fic and maybe drop hints about some some parts. Dom, did you did the author mention Ninja Scroll in any of the notes you read? Uh, nothing I read, but... Then your instincts are excellent, because in the FAQ, it's first on the list of inspirations. Oh. <laughs> Ninja <laughs> Scroll, Technoman, Technoman, I have no idea what that is, Street Fighter, Slayers specifically for the incantations, mm-hmm. Roni Kenshin and Dragon Ball Z for part 13, because he had not seen it until then. As well as... Fantasy slash romance novels by Johanna Lindsay, The Wars of Light and Shadow by Janie Wirtz, The Wheel of Time and the Sword of Truth. Right. Yeah. I, I kind of feel like wow. if this was based like specifically on Street Fighter, like more, mm-hmm. I would have been more understanding of it. Like I could understand the gratuitous violence and misogyny a little bit better. I think your your reboot was a little bit more focused on Street Fighter. <laughs> <laughs> was it? It was a bit more Aikido-based. Oh, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so anything else to praise from you two, Tori and Tarin? Well, I, yeah. So, uh, I mean, what I mentioned before is, like, I, yeah, admire the candidness of the author. I'm not going to be too hard on them considering how young they were. It, the youth shows, you know, mm-hmm. the, and those elements, you know, I'm not gonna shy away from saying yeah it's really bad how much you were misogynistic and there was sexual assault and that sucks but you know 
I get that's the media that was being fed at the time. I think the thing to praise is, like, that the author was really diving into something emotional for them in this. And, like, you see the theme of death recur throughout this. And that also recurs on multiple levels. Like, characters undergoing changes. Like, Ash is a totally different person. Misty's a totally different person. And they've gone through dark elements of their lives that have reformed them. And, like, change their perspectives towards each other. I think it's a little dark sometimes, and it's a little bit much. But I think they the changes were explained very well. Like, it would be very hard to see Ash becoming that person or Misty becoming that person or, like, any of these kids turning into these people, especially Brock. But the author made, like, good attempts to explain how this has happened to them by they, explaining the dark things in their lives, which I thought was good. They did mention that, like, the... Uh, anime version of the characters were there in this universe beforehand then mm. there was a shift between the, that that point and this point yeah 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 they did a really good job trying to explore that i feel like they could have explored the shift in the universe better but like for the characters yeah mm-hmm. so like they did that yeah i think for me like there's a lot of playfulness in this like they were trying to capture or he they were trying to capture the spirit of the anime in at, at some points, especially with the tension between Ash and Misty throughout the the fanfic, at least in terms of like their very casual interactions, they're like very argumentative and banter, like to a point where it doesn't make any sense because it's mm-hmm. like they've slipped back into this childishness, which I, I didn't really believe, but you know I respect the attempt to make it Pokemon esque. Um, I also sort of liked, I actually thought the pacing of, of the fic, even though it's way too long in my opinion, I thought it was relatively cinematic. Like, Yeah, it was. Like, th- th- there wasn't too long of a pause between actual action, and there, there wasn't too much exposition all at once, which is kind of surprising to me. Like, I would have expected, like, right at the end, like, I guess there is a right at the end a bit too much exposition, but... Maybe that makes sense. Do you think it fit a good um, three-act structure? Uh, I think individual chapters did. Hmm. What I'm thinking about, for example, the chapter in the Rebel base, and I can kind of, like, see the shape of it in my mind where, like, they're introduced to the setting and there's some tensions with the leadership there, and then, like, people people have some plans they're trying to execute, but then it all goes to hell from an external invasion of it. Mm-hmm. And then it's everyone trying to fight their way out with their lives. Right. And like, that's a sequence that I remember clearly. Mm. Um, and that was engaging. And I think there were other times like that. I don't think we talked about that part before this. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. It's a thing that happened. Um, like you said, the missing no, you know, element also. I'd, I don't think I saw that kind of structure as a whole story from what... Yeah, I would agree. Having not gotten as far as y'all, I can't necessarily speak to that, but I will say, like, yeah, I think you're right that individually, like, chapters did follow a pretty decent, like... Uh, not as necessarily three-act, but they definitely had some sort of exposition. And they, the character... at the Sorry, the author had a lot of these um, transitions that they were presented with like oppositional carrots and that was interesting that every chapter started with like kind of like a almost dream sequence or like someone waking up Mm -hmm. and then it shifted really 
quickly into some sort of rising action. And they reach their climax at a really appropriate time in every single chapter. And their climaxes were super good. Like, as far as storytelling is concerned, each chapter was pretty self-contained, like you mentioned. Yeah, once they get on their feet. Like, chapter two with... uh, First couple chapters, I don't know so much. But yeah, I know... I definitely know what you're saying. This was an extremely well-known and popular Pokemon fanfic back in the day, and I know it inspired Mm -hmm. a lot of people. You can see a lot of the fan art on the page. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't think there's fanfics of this fanfic that I know of, but I think it probably inspired some people other than you, Tarin, to write also. Wait, fanfics of fanfics are a thing? They sometimes are in the kind of, especially back in the day, the kind of more community-minded ones. Yeah, Tarin, what do you think this is? (laughs) (laughs) We've looked at some, like, Evangelion fics where there were, like, side stories written by other authors, one of the Ranma stories we did had those too. Mm-hmm. Usually it was like communicating with the author and getting their permission in some way, which I guess might actually take it outside my working definition of fan fiction, come to think of it. It turns into a, a collaborative work, doesn't right, it? Right, it does. Yeah. Uh, so I guess I should say there's no spin-off side stories that I know of. Um, but it was a big deal to the Pokemon fan base, and I think there's definitely something here that captured people's attention beyond descriptions of violence and threats of sexual assault and that was the author yeah. like trying to do something really new and interesting with the characters mm-hmm. and the setting you know speaking of that there's just one more thing that i want to say that i liked yeah. it's just i really like team rocket like <laughs> jesse james would be out there like my favorite characters in fact last halloween i dressed up as james from a halloween costume um i like what they did with Team Rocket in this, like, I don't really like how Meowth evolved into a Persian. That I was, was kind of weird. I was okay with Meowth but, evolving into a Persian, but his personality didn't come through. No, it didn't come through at all, and that was really disappointing. There was no Meowth personality. But the characters were kind of on, like, the good guy's side, but still kind of mercenaries, and it was, like, very Team Rocket. Like, they found the same role for them, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I thought see that it. was cute. And it was, like, as much as... I think James is gay, and I don't think they'd ever be a couple. The, like, coupleness of them also makes sense when the author did it, because they did it as, like, Jesse being masculine and James being feminine and role reversal, which is kind of fun. So, it's mm-hmm. cute. I, I was just going to say, I, I I can appreciate Team Rocket being bounty hunters in the Ninja Scroll Pokemon universe. Yeah, yeah <laughs> they're, like, ninjas, too. It's yeah. like, they're surprisingly good at it, too. The, yeah. When did they get this, like, ninja star throwing skills? Yeah. I, I guess in the know, last five years. See, I liked it, though, because I think they're underrated. Like, yeah. I always want to have them to have more props, you know? But also just, like, James not being super gay is always a bit of a turnoff. <laughs> yeah, well, he was, like, super... He still had all the the effeminate mannerisms, but just stopped being gay. So he's fighting Butch like, at one point, and Butch is like, are you still dressing like a, a woman? Oh, and know. he's like, they yeah, do you want me to? You know, the, while, while they're, like, throwing... Which is like exactly what other. I would do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, you may have noticed this fan fiction is long. <laughs> this fanfic was so long that the description on fanfiction.net just says hella. So, <laughs> oh, having a word count. Specifically, it is. Uh, if you want to jump in with any more, this fan fiction is so long jokes, now is your opportunity. I didn't know this was a thing. I have to <laughs> go back to the writer's room and come back. This fan fan fiction is so long. Yeah, how long is it? When I printed it out, <laughs> like the entirety, my parents found it, and I got into major trouble 
but they only found the part in chapter nine <laughs> where two of the female characters are undressing and dressing in each other's clothes. Yeah. And if they had found out that Pokemon died in it, I might not be here today. So. That is a long time. You may yeah. also be dead. Also, they talk about the color of pubic hair in that part. Oh, oh, right. Yeah, Yeah, I remember that. Where they mention that... Is that the part where they mention that um, one of the characters might have pink pubic hair? I was like... Never mind. Well, hang on. Sorry, I derailed everything. (laughs) I think you win the joke competition there. Yeah. In any case, the point is, specifically this fanfic clocks in at about 280,000 words, which is extremely long and the longest thing we've ever tried to read. And I'm giving you a break next week. Mm. Next week's fanfic is going to be Fall of the Republic by John Flynn. It's a Star Wars fanfic that is a treatment for, like, a proposal for Episode 3, back when only the first three movies, Episodes 4, 5, and 6, were out. Mm -hmm. It is 5,843 words. (laughs) The shortest fanfic we have ever read. Ever? Nice. No, because we've read short story fanfics. This is shorter Wait, than anything five, else. No, 5,800. Yeah, yeah. That's, That's a good point. Yes. So take a little break. Uh, you can find that fanfic um, on our through our link. It's bit.ly slash rfrfall. This was episode 18 of Retro Fanfic Retrospective, Pokemon Master by Ace Sanchez. You can find a copy of it on fanfiction.net except for the very last chapter. But we are providing a link to the archived copy of the original website at bit.ly slash rfrmaster. Which is great because you get to see that website design also. And the custom Pokemon cards. Yes. Very good. Darkness Pikachu. By the way, the Ashura trainer card kills all your enemy Pokemon, period. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. That sounds right. Rest in peace, Ashura. (laughs) The intro song is The Weekly Fair off of the album Popey's Incredible Adventure by Komiku. The outro song is Run Against the Universe from the same album. You can find this album and other works by Komiku at loyaltyfreakmusic.com. You can find our website at retrofanficretrospective.podbean.com or bit.ly slash retrofanfic, and we are retrofanfic on Twitter as well. If you have any questions, comments, or thoughts about the episode, send us an email at retrofanficretrospective at gmail.com, or even better, leave some kind of comments or reviews on Podbean or whatever service you use. Like tweet at us, I guess. Also. Yeah, you can now tweet at us. Yeah. Uh, it'll happen someday, I'm sure. One thing I have been doing on the Twitter feed is giving links to the authors of the fanfics we're reading because several of them have still been active on the internet. Hmm. And in those cases, I, I'm trying to point traffic their direction. Cool. So like, if you want to find out what Joe Ravang of that Power Rangers fanfic is doing or uh, want to give some money to Fernwithy, who did the Star Wars fanfic and has a Patreon herself... Like, go find it through Twitter. Patreon. Is that a shadow patron or what? It's an ev- it's an evolution of Eevee. Like white type. Yeah. It's the uh, money type. Money, money type. type. Ditto Just type. like me out. <laughs> yeah. Ditto type. All right. I'm Amato. I'm Torichu. I'm Dom. <laughs> I was Taran. Yes, we are just four non-demonic natural earth life forms (laughs) trying to be nice to each other. Except for me. Until next time, take care. Bye. Bye.
So here's the main question for tonight. Yes. Ace mm-hmm. Sanchez. Yes. Great fanfic writer name or the greatest fanfiction writer name? Well, Ace, Ace and Sanchez. Ash do seem really similar. Ash Ketchum, Ace Sanchez. Well, it would explain a lot that this fanfic was being written by Ash. Yeah, it would. Oh my god, it would. Like, Ash being like, I'd be so cool as Ash was so cool. Oh, and a zombie apocalypse. All the girls would like me, and they'd all be so hot. In a zombie apocalypse, I would totally, like, just rock it, and Pikachu would be an unstoppable katana. 13-year-old Ash totally wrote this. Makes this so much better. 